With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Husker Cuscast Sports Show. I'm your host, Patrick. With me are my cohort co-host cousins, the Eric, Julie, and Tammy Taylor. To my Jim Riggins, Justin, Derek, and Tyler. We are recording this episode on June 28, 2017. Well, at least Nebraska has Fridays down for clear eyes and full hearts because they can't lose as the Huskers outdid themselves with this summer's Friday Night Lights. And here to talk about it is our honorary cousin, 8laces.com's very own Brandon Cavanaugh. Welcome back to the Husker Cuzcast, cousin Brandon. Oh, it's a, a pleasure to be back. It always is a pleasure to be back. And I'll tell you what, after Friday Night Lights last week, I uh, I still feel full. I still feel jazzed because of all the Mountain Dew products that I took in and uh, all the fantastic talent that I had the opportunity to take in. Um, I was the, the, the camp actually went from six to nine. And I said, wow, I don't know if I'm going to, you know, be able to take that. in." it just flew by. It, it was awesome. Uh, we got a series of questions to ask and, uh, we have a short time to get there, so uh, let's go with uh, Tyler to start us off here. Brandon, appreciate your time tonight. So just give us an overview of what you saw at the camp on Friday. Largely um, had the opportunity to kind of take in uh, guys like Bookie, Chase uh, Chase Williams. Um, Michael Parsons was there, obviously. You guys heard everything and you know done some about him. TJ Pledger. Just a, an incredible amount of talent, uh, by in a by uh, in a way, even more than we saw last year. And of course, there were the three thousand or so people that showed up last year with no food and drink. Uh, this year, it was supplied, except apparently ran out by five twenty, with uh, with the exception of hot dog sands buns. But aside from that, there were still uh, an incredible amount of talent. Um, Coach Riley was uh, very interactive with the crowd and it was it was uh, very impressive uh the the crowd did their part especially when they got into uh for example wide receiver and d-back uh drills going against each other there was chanting of tj pledger's name micah parsons name um it was really unique and i i think it's a camp experience that few uh schools could replicate honestly so, so when you look at this camp, you know, how, how much of this is a football camp where kids are coming to town to get coached up? And how much of this is a big recruiting uh, fest where kids are just coming to hang out and just get a taste of what Lincoln's all about? Well, it's a little of column A and column B. I mean, obviously they want to, you know, meet up. Um, they all know each other. You know, Bookie is kind of like he he is the central you know focus like everybody knows bookie and then it kind of goes out from there so they have the opportunity to bond a bit then they have the opportunity to uh, meet either their position coach or would be position coach you know whether it's you know danny langsford whether it's um reggie davis um keith williams dante williams etc so they have the opportunity to do that um they have the opportunity to go up against each other a uh, very fun yet still spirited uh, competition there you know like i said wide receivers and d-backs um and of course it's an opportunity for 
them to yet again see what Nebraska fans are all about. And obviously it was very heavily attended. The official attendance was something like 6,800. However, um, just eyeballing it was probably closer to 7,500. I'm just going to, just going to guess that there. So it's really a little bit of everything. It's a great recruiting tool. Um, but at the same time, at the same time, you get a camp experience, and it's kind of like, if I put it this way, it's kind of like the spring game of camps for Nebraska. Okay. Uh, Justin, you're up next. So with Friday Night Lights, uh, how does it compare to other teams' recruiting efforts? Or more importantly, what does Friday Night Lights do to separate itself from the likes of uh, you know, Ohio State or Alabama, their, their camps? Well, yeah, you know, we kind of talked about that there, but again, I'm going to, I'm going to put the point this out here is Sean Callahan of Huskers online came out and pointed out that the attendance was actually higher than I think about 93 or 94 spring games, uh, which <laughs> kind of says it all. Um, I, you know, I don't know if, uh, if Alabama or Ohio state, um, could pull that number. Maybe they could, you know, obviously there's that huge following there as well. Uh, Alabama brings out a ton to the, a ton of people to their spring game as does OSU. Um, so I, I think that Eichhorst, Sean Eichhorst and Mike Riley, um, they do everything that they can do to be on the cutting edge of this kind of thing. Um, I think this was a great start with the fan fest bringing in more people, obviously, with that being free, food being free, and people just kind of trickle into the stadium saying, hey, we're here. Um, there's a fantastic level of talent. Let's check things out. And, you know, like uh, like I said, that 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. camp, I said to myself going in, man, I, I, I don't know if this is going to be, you know, I, I don't know if I'm going to be lagging. Well, I don't know if it was the Mountain Dew or the talent or a combination of the two, but I just loved uh, everything <laughs> I saw from. Um, you know, Bookie starting off the night um, when the wide receivers went up with the D backs with an interception, or was Micah Parsons uh, lining up a wide receiver, or you know, run offense, defense. I'm surprised he didn't kick a, an extra point, uh, <laughs> bringing Barrett Pickering for a for a kicking contest. Um, but no, it was it was really unique in that Nebraska was able to kind of have, you know, obviously. Nike has their opening camp, which is going to be here soon. Uh, so it was kind of like a mini opening for Nebraska. And really, with how this has grown, I think this is something that they can look back. There's another fan fest this Friday. I think it's something they can look back and say, okay, this went well, but how can we refine this and make this better? Um, and again, we saw a lot of good things last year. A lot of good talent come to Lincoln. But this was out of this world, and I can only imagine what there's going to be in store uh, next June. Yeah, I can certainly understand why the fans showed up. This was kind of like a who's who of the top recruits coming to Lincoln. And those one-on-one -on -one drills, the, the highlights that I saw on, uh, you know, online, it – it was just – it was so much fun to watch, and I, I would love to have been there in person. Uh, speaking of the who's who, uh, you know, whether it's Micah Parsons or some of these other guys, but how close is Nebraska to start really tracking or nailing down some of these legit five-star guys, you know, competing with Ohio State? Well, that's a good question. I mean, we're already seeing Nebraska nail down guys like, uh, like Bookie, uh, Manny, Manny Allen, Josh – 
you know, Josh Moore, uh, Cam Brown, obviously he was, he decommitted, but Nebraska is still in the picture there. Um, so Nebraska, I think we're kind of, we're, we're in a lull right now because we're in a dead period, but I think you're going to see some more commits towards the end of July. Um, because once that dead period ends, I believe it's on the ninth, um, you're going to see heavy interaction there as well. So I think we might see a little bit there, but as far as when Nebraska is going to be able to jump into that five-star five star category, excuse me. Well, I mean, if you want to talk about theoreticals, <laughs> I guess, I guess, I mean, Micah Parsons could be that guy. I'm not going to say that, that he's going to be that guy, but as of right now, I would say Nebraska's in the game. Um, he had a great time. Obviously, you know, there was the the chanting and the applause for everything that he did. And um, according to his dad, he loved it. So, um, I, I, you know, as I always say, with any, with any kid, if you can get them into Lincoln, there's a shot, especially when it's an official visit. It's a legitimate game, um, you know, whether it's uh, Wisconsin or Ohio State. You know, there's some awesome games this year um, that you can bring guys in, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I believe um, that Bookie is looking to get a swarm of recruits in for Wisconsin, if I uh, if I remember that correctly. So that's an opportunity where you can get guys like uh, Micah Parsons in and, and these four-star um, recruits that are still out there. So I think we're seeing the returns of the Riley hire start to come in. Um, Nebraska has, I, I believe, and again, I, I, I'm not quite sure about this, but I believe that Nebraska has never had a top 15 recruiting class. Well, there is a legitimate shot of this this year. And interestingly enough, it's going to be a smaller class. So I think that should speak to that. And then, of course, we go to next year where it's a, a full class. Yeah. And I think it's going to carry over. Now, Bookie, <laughs> Bookie came out and said something to the effect where it's going to be a top three class. I love his optimism. Uh, but, at the same, <laughs> but at the same time, just with the lack of numbers, um, I don't know that that's possible. But um, yeah. Bookie, uh, in Bookie, I, I, I think there should be some coins circulating around Nebraska that say in Bookie we trust because um, he has uh, had some secrets up his sleeve that have materialized. And, uh, I, and he still says that some are out there. So, you know, be, you know, drink the Kool-Aid, be optimistic because <laughs> if Bookie says it, he, the, the guy's a man of his words. So that's great. Uh, so I'm, I'm, a- I'm going to venture to guess that you're not ready to throw a crystal ball towards Micah Parsons way yet. <laughs> uh, no, no. Uh, I, I will say, like I said, I, I think Nebraska is still in the hunt. Um, but again, I think this is a guy that's going to probably go to um, what we know as the traditional signing day, because obviously there's the December signing period. Right. But this is a guy that I see going all the way. And there's nothing wrong with that. You're talking about the uh, chanting for Micah Parsons. They were also doing that for TJ uh, Pledger as well. Uh, he did not work out. Uh, I know a lot of Nebraska out. fans were disappointed, but what do you I know? certainly was. I, I wanted to see this guy do what he can do because he's a, he's a quality back. Um, I actually talked to a buddy of mine who's actually fairly involved in OU sports, and 
Um, they just brought in a, uh, a second running back in this class because TJ is still technically a commit. And uh, he said that the guy they brought in was more of a power back, whereas TJ is more of a sports car. I thought that was interesting. And um, apparently, uh, from what I understand, he was not feeling well. Uh, but at the same time, he was uh, brought in by uh, Bookie. Bookie was doing his best uh Peer recruit. I mean, if you if you didn't know that he was if he if he didn't have his jersey on, he could be wearing one of those uh, one of the shirts that had staff on the back and be you know peer recruiting with everybody because it's just he he is it's insane how well he, uh, he he's got swag. I mean, the dude just the dude knows the dude knows how to talk to people. Um, he's he's got a future in sales. I'll tell you what, he's got a future in coaching and a future in sales if he uh, if he wants that. And obviously, obviously, if he he plays for Nebraska, he's got a he's got a job for life. I you know, and not gonna. Have, I I don't know about his uh, his uh, philosophy on adult beverages, but uh, he will never be wanting for uh, for a beverage of any type. I don't think. Um, Just stay off the pot, Bucky. And the interesting thing too, I want to jump in real quick um, about Bucky. The interesting thing that I noticed about him when he was uh, when he was defending, you never catch Bookie off guard. It almost seems like he lulls the receiver into a false sense of security and jumps the route immediately. Um, all of the receivers that were running up against him, I said to myself, "Oh, you know, Bookie just got beat for a, for a second. No, nope. he was right in there." Um, the the guy that I, I see comparisons come back to, and I would agree with this, is Tyron Matthew, uh, former LSU oh, guy. Um, yeah, and I, I know that's high praise, but this is an athlete I think that, that warrants it. Uh, Derek, you're up next, man. All right. First off, and I hate to be this guy, Brandon, but I got to kind of call guy, you out. Yeah, you're always. I, 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 I am this guy. We, we did actually, according to 24 seven, we did actually have a uh, number seven recruiting class in 2005. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> no, that's so, totally fine. <laughs> I, I had to call you out on it. Thank you. Sorry. No, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> so under the, under the questions here, uh, with all, with all the talk of all these four and five star guys, were there any local kids or any, at least the 500 mile radius kids that came under the radar that came in, just made a big impression as far as the Friday night lights went? Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, the two uh, walk-ons that we have, I believe they're both preferred uh, for this cycle. Uh, Justin, Justin Holmes, a Nebraska native uh, wide receiver, six, six, one ninety looked great. Um, he could be your next Brandon Riley. Uh, Bart Harris, who um, just committed earlier today, as of this recording, uh, six foot five, uh, two hundred five uh, pound quarterback out of Missouri. So yeah, there were plenty of guys. There was um, Xavier Gray, who uh, excuse me, Xander Gray, out of Omaha North, who looked really good. So yeah, there were um, some quality local talent that came in. Um, I don't know necessarily if they're guys that are going to get offers right away, but I think they're guys that will be looked at heavily as walk-ons. And these are guys too, like last year, the, the walk-on class was great. Jordan pop, Cade Warner, you know, all those guys were fantastic. And now you're looking to guys like Bart and Justin, and these are guys where you might've said, well, you know, maybe they'll get an offer from 
uh, Wyoming or Ohio, and if not that, maybe a lower division school, you know, North Dakota State, you know, South Dakota State, that kind of thing. Uh, and now they're starting to come to Nebraska again, and that's something that um, was very, you know, that was going on uh, very, um, very traditionally for a while. And I think we're starting to see that come back. We're we're seeing returns, uh, not only recruiting you know, with the four-star guys and the guys, you know, that everybody knows. But then when you look at the walk-ons, we're seeing guys that, for example, Nebraska kind of decided we're not going to take a scholarship quarterback during this class, but they went out and found a quarterback that they like and don't have to spend a scholarship on them. Now, if that's not, you know, if, if and I'll take Danny Langsdorf's evaluation if, every day of the week. So if he goes out and he says that this dude, yeah, we we could definitely make something out of him, fine by me. And if that saves a scholarship, you know, for somebody else that could be maximum impact guy, so be it. Okay, so with with all those recent legal issues that we're having and, and Keyshawn leaving till possibly January, do you see any of this affecting our recruiting? I mean, do, do, are the parents going – Maybe I don't want you going to that school with all this going on. Or is this just going to be blown over like any other year, I guess? I don't see it being um, that big of a thing, if anything at all. Um, One thing that Mike Riley is most certainly is honest and transparent. He will answer any questions because just like just like you asked that question, uh, a parent will no doubt ask that question and say, hey, I heard about this. And Riley's up front and honest about it. And, you know, I don't know exactly what, you know, the penalty is or will be for Stan or, you know, Antonio or, um, you know, what's going on there. But he's open. And that showed, too, with uh, Keyshawn Sr. You know, Keyshawn Sr. uh, wasn't a big fan of what was going on with uh, Junior. And he and Riley had a chat. And ultimately it came down to, you know, senior kind of pulled the plug on what was going on, but obviously Riley felt that this was a way to go, or I think he would have felt, I I think he would have fought a bit more, but as we saw, and as we heard, this was a joint decision. This was something where we said, yeah, this is probably best for this young man. So I think you see, I think in, in what we've seen um, happening that Riley does actually care about these guys. He's not, it's not just a football factory. You know, he has a legitimate uh, love for this program and for his kids. So it's because of that, that I don't think negative recruiting is going to crop up that much. It's because I think that parents can go and, and say that it's like, okay, you look good and, and you look like you, you love your guys, but what about this? And, like I say, he can come back around and explain. And I think that transparency is uh, one of the things that serves Mike Riley the best, especially in recruiting. I guess I'm batting cleanup. So, uh, Brandon, uh, I was wondering if you had any insight regarding the uh, Bob Elliott uh, situation, uh, the uh, transfer to him to another position or to a more of a consultant uh, capacity. I don't know exactly what's going on. Um, I know he's had some health issues in the past, so, you know, prayers up for him. Yeah. Um, but Scott Booker is uh, – his 
I know I know this is going to shock you uh, as a Mike Riley hire. Great recruiter. Um, <laughs> at, <laughs> at Notre Dame, he did a, a decent job with secondary. Um, his special teams were not fantastic. However, the assignments, um, I don't think you're going to change. That's kind of a, a team-wide effort. You know, Bob Diaco is working with punters, for example. So I don't see that being a big issue. You know, everybody's like, oh, well, you know, Bruce, Bruce Reed had this issue, and now we're going to bring this guy in. No. Um, mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I mean, it was a great hire in in in, a, in what it was um, to bring Booker on, because like I say, he's he's a great recruiter, and now you have the opportunity for him to step in, and don't get me wrong, Having Elliot, the the guy is wisdom, and he and he just he he knows so much. And having him out there on the field is is such an asset. But at the same time, you know, I, I really got to give Riley props for kind of have Booker waiting in the wings to be able to step in. And is he going to be Elliot? No, because uh, you know he doesn't have that kind of knowledge. But at the same right. time, will he be effective? I think so. He'll be affected more from the emotional standpoint. And then, you know, Elliot will offer the, you know, pick his brain kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is something where uh, from an analytical standpoint, you know, he can still sit back and say, okay, you know, let's see how he did this week. He can still watch film and, you know, pass it on to, uh, to Booker and say, Hey, you know, bring this up with Lamar Jackson or Josh Kelly or, you know, whomever, um, you know, whoever you want to, you know, plug in there, but, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of a wait and see, but at the same time, um, I, you know, he's not a scrub when it comes to coaches. So he's not, um, I'm, I'm just hoping guys that, uh, maybe Nebraska can keep a defensive backs coach around for more than a year or two. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's kind of been an, uh, a thing lately, but, yeah. uh, that, that being said, um, I, Again, I, I have to praise the hire by by Riley. Uh, you know, dude seems like he's uh, a step or two ahead with what he's doing these days. So, um, so that's yeah, that's pretty much how I feel about Booker. Yeah, Steve Icors. I uh, hope you're listening to that. Uh, and then, um, my friend, I want to step in real quick. Uh, Steve and, and Riley are are very. Uh, Hand and they work very much hand in hand, and uh, I, I got to say, Eichhorst, um I believe actually Eichhorst was the one who uh, stepped up regarding these fan fests to get guy to get uh, fans into the stadium regarding the uh, the camps. So when it comes to being on the cutting edge of recruiting, uh, I can guarantee you that Sean Eichhorst had uh, had uh, a hand in there somewhere. Uh, hey, hey, Brandon, Brandon, real quick on this uh, Scott Booker, Bob Elliott thing, you know, Justin and Derek, mainly Justin's conspiracy theorist. Do you think Scott Booker came on? I mean, we kind of like, man, that was a pretty big name for the role that he was in. Do you have any indication or do the coaches have any indication that this Bob Elliott thing was coming? Or do you think they were shocked as anyone? Um. The way that the fallout came, um, I don't honestly know, but I don't think so. Um, it it could have been. I mean, obviously, uh, I I I'm very sure that they were aware of his health issues in the past. Um, but at the same time, um, you're with with Nebraska. 
becoming more of a of a big boy school now. You're going to see these hires where you get a guy like Scott Booker in an analytical role. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'd have to go look at how many of those types of guys Alabama has. But like I say, you're going to see guys like Booker in an analytical role. So it could very well be a coincidence. Maybe not. Maybe it was, hey, here's a plan B. But I'll tell you what, uh, even if that was the case, uh, like I said, I, I got to hand it to Riley for having that there just in case uh, Elliot's health did decline. But regardless, and I, yeah, I'll reiterate this, that um, Elliot is very – uh, very much an asset for this team, um, and even though he can't be out on the you know on the field, which which stinks, um, he is an asset to the program as a whole. You know, I I got to defend myself, not really defend myself here, but I just got to say, you know, I thought everything going on there was it was just far too convenient. How you have Bob Elliott come in and Scott Booker come in as an analyst position when there's no room for him. When they're talking about this 10th assistant and everybody just said, Tavita Thompson, Tavita Thompson, you're going to be the 10th assistant. Scott Booker's here. Bob Elliott coaches spring after spring. He goes away. Oh, Scott Booker, you're familiar with uh, Bob Diaco. Hey, you got a new job. It was just far too convenient for me. No, and- t- uh, I, I, I guarantee you, sir, that Tavita Thompson is going to get that spot come January. Okay, that's fair. Uh, and... Uh- with the uh, recent uh, national media previews coming out, you know, Athlon, Street and Smith, and even Phil Steele, um, have your expectations and enthusiasm for the 2017 season changed at all? Uh, no. I mean, really, with with everything that I have, you know, and it's, it's funny, guys. It seems like everybody, nobody really seems to know just what the heck Nebraska is going to do. I mean, Nebraska is always coming out. You know, they they say 2017. They're like, well, Tanner Lee's here and he did this, and the O line's this and this and this, and you know, and they they try to. You know, I, I realize one thing about all of these previews, and go back and look and and see if you see the same thing. A lot of these previews are really statistic heavy, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the stats are only going to tell you so much. Uh, now I've been fortunate enough to see guys like Tanner Lee up close and personal. Obviously you saw him in the spring game. Um, the dude just went to the Manning passing Academy and Mm -hmm. the scouts there said, yeah, you know, there's Lamar Jackson, the Louisville Lamar Jackson. There's Sam Darnold. There's all these great guys here. Right. But Tanner Lee was my favorite. You know, that's, um, one of the, one of the scouts said that there's a land of 10 article. Check it out. It's actually very, very good. Uh, about that. So when I hear that and everybody, you know, is skeptical and I understand because everybody's been told for quite some time, recruit, you know, watch for recruiting, watch for recruiting, you know, in, in seeing Tanner Lee and listening to what scouts like that say about him in comparison to these other guys, these other hot, you know, when you talk about the Heisman, you talk about, Lamar Jackson, you know, Darnold, you talk about these guys and they say Lee uh, was their favorite. Now, I'm not starting the tan early for for Heisman campaign yet, <laughs> but give it time. <laughs> yeah, give it time. You know, hey, Taylor Martinez was there about game four. So let's give it time. All right. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I, I am. I feel good about this. This is a team, guys, that. um I don't think is going to win any less than seven games. Uh, I could see them going eight and four. I could see them going ten and two. Uh, 
Um, it it really kind of depends on I think Tanner largely, but at the same period of time, uh, we're going to see what Tanner can do. We're going to see what obviously this offense is going to do with the kind of guys that Riley wants to have in them. And obviously um, I, I expect growing pains with the defense. And just as an FYI, it's probably going to drive some of you guys nuts because Diaco will give up yardage, but he will prevent the score. So just remember that ben, you can give up hundred yards. Yes. You can give up 400 yards, but if there's, you know, three or 10 points on the board, whereas you scored 21 still in the game. So, <laughs> so nervous hey, anyway. <laughs> you get, yes, yes, yes. Don't take any prop bets about yardage. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm really anxious for the season. I think every, you know everybody else is. Um, I haven't looked forward to a season this much in a long, long time. Um, it with should the, really be with the news coming out about Manning and the camp and Tanner Lee getting all these props. Do you think the pendulum is going to shift in the mainstream, or will that hopefully happen when the season starts? Um, I think probably closer to September and then into uh, into especially after uh, Arkansas State. I mean, because right now, what do we have to look at? We have, you know, what came out of practice, which, yeah, he looked good. And then, of course, there was a spring game. And, yeah, he looked good. But, you know, it was the spring game. Um, but, you know, when you throw him against Arkansas State, who's, yeah, they're, they're Sunbelt. But they're a decent Sunbelt team. I mean, this is not uh, a horrible, horrible. This isn't a, an Idaho or an Idaho State, <laughs> God forbid. But um, I think... I think we'll know we'll know a decent amount um, during Arkansas State, but obviously they're going to be vanilla because guess who's coming the next week? That's right, the Oregon Ducks right. in Eugene. Yeah. So um, we'll we'll probably have a good idea of where they sit, probably about five or six games in, probably by the time Wisconsin comes to town. And um, yeah, no, but I am uh, I'm very confident that this this team. Um, you know, a lot, like I say, a lot of Husker fans are like, well, you know, maybe maybe a 500 record, six and six, maybe seven to five. No, honestly, um, my expectation, I mean, if I had to say, you know, if somebody asked me, well, what do you feel comfortable if you had to put money down? I'd say eight wins, but I could see them winning 10. So it also sounds like uh, in a lot of ways the chemistry is pretty strong across the board and like they're going to use that as fuel to the fire. Uh, you know, you know, us against the world kind of thing. Do you see that happening as well? I don't even think it's that. I mean, you totally could. I mean, from my vantage point, I think that I don't think that actual teams and and coaches will do that. That I don't think they'll underestimate Nebraska. If they do, that's great. You know, if Willie Taggart wants to. You know, goes in and Willie's a great recruiter, but if he wants to go around, it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna take this to the field, and you know, uh, these guys they ain't bleep, and uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I don't think that coaches and players are going to take them lightly. If they do, uh, I really think they're going to be shocked. I think that's going to be more of a fan slash media kind of thing, and um, honestly, I think that may carry on uh, on the national level more than anything. It might bleed into the local a little bit, but once we start seeing what Nebraska is actually capable of this season, um, I think local narrative will obviously sway one way or another. But sure. um, I, I, I think that there is the opportunity there. The, you know, they could be five and zero going into you know the home stretch where they have to welcome Wisconsin and Ohio State. Um, 
and then you know who knows what could happen obviously from there on that's a that's going to be a fun period of time yeah that's that's going to be the gauntlet part two uh from last year but you're getting us really excited and we cannot wait till september how many more months till september do i need to put myself in cryo till then you guys think? <laughs> uh, you, might, you might want to but then you'd miss all the fantastic content over at eightlaces.com yeah. and yeah we we got some good stuff and coming down the pike, guys. So definitely, uh, yeah, definitely. And by and by the way, um, if you if you don't follow me on Twitter at Eight Laces, you definitely want to got you definitely got to give my boy John a follow at GBR Recruiting. I guarantee you've probably seen something from him. So he's definitely a worthwhile follow. Good advice. Uh, I am now actively following him, and so is Justin. I can see right yeah, now we I'm are going to follow. Now. <laughs> Yeah. So going to the mobile. Cool. Yeah. So definitely good stuff coming down the pike. And you know, I I'm an, I'm an optimist. I'm not going to lie. Um, but at the same at the same time, uh, I you know just looking at what I've seen and uh, the, there's depth at the offensive line for the first time, and I don't know how long there's depth at quarterback in the first for the first time, and I don't know how long. Um, I like the three four. I'm a big fan of the three four. I prefer it over the four three. Um, what Diaco can do, uh, he's very detail oriented, and I think that uh, I think folks will have a lot of fun with it. I think if nothing else, um, it it could be you know I say it's an eight and four season and or, or ten and two, and you know there's there's obviously some emotions behind both of those, but I think regardless of what happens, I think that it'll be a fun season. It's it's a season that I think people will get their money out of. And I think it's a season that will lend itself to a solid recruiting class, which only uh, helps in terms of the, uh, you want to talk about a gauntlet, the 2018 schedule. Yeah. Derek, Derek is afraid of that one. He, he hyperventilates over that one. Yeah. Well, That's I don't blame my him. nature though. I don't blame him. That'll, that'll be interesting, but just, you know, it's time to, Time to focus. It's like 2017 hasn't even kicked off yet, so let's yeah. Uh, yeah, sit back. Right. And maybe it'll provide a preview for the success coming down the road. So, there yeah, we ain't seen nothing and, yet. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I mean, if Tanner goes out and has a fantastic year, you know, obviously there's talk of him maybe going one and done. But at the same time, yeah. um, if he does not, having that having a, a senior quarterback with that much experience going against those types of teams on the road is invaluable. So there you go. All right. Well, uh, where can our, our listeners reach you at uh, eight laces.com? That'd be the preference and your, uh, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. uh, you can, yep. Head to eight laces.com. Uh, follow me on Twitter at eight laces. Pretty, pretty easy to find. Um, got some exciting stuff, uh, down the pike. I am not going to go. Oh, uh, I was going to say, you're going to can't wet no. our whistle a little bit. You can't give us nope, a preview. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. It's uh, it's exciting though. I will say that it is exciting, and uh, I hopefully it will drop very soon. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much for coming on to the show, Brandon. You left us a lot of excitement. You gave us a lot of tidbits and a lot of goodies about Friday Night Lights. So bring on September is all I got to say. Absolutely. and I think that's going to about wrap it up here for the uh, Cuzcast. A special shout out to Justine Obi Wong Orantes and Amber Roof Roof Rolfson for winning the Pan Am Cup. Remember the Pan Am Games, folks? In volleyball for Team USA, adding to the legacy of Husker volleyball. 
Uh, their story ain't done yet. If you want to hit us up, visit our Facebook page and follow us on Podbean and Twitter. We're also available on iTunes. Don't forget to like us and write a review. Help us get lots of likes and lots of ratings. Email us at huskercuscast at yahoo.com for comments, questions, suggestions on topics for future episodes. Praise, more praise, or troll us to your heart's content. And with that, we would bid you a happy 4th, and we'll see you next Wednesday on July the 5th. Until then, in the... When in the course of human events, you gotta go big red! Go big red!